All right, big fella and I are happy to have Lucas Watson on from Titans Two-Tone Blue Nation. Lucas, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Doing great. Lucas, we'll get right to it. When did you become a Titans fan? Okay, so I moved here in uh, 99 from Australia. Never seen a Titans game before. Didn't know anything about football. And uh, my first ever Titans game was actually the Super Bowl. So watched it, was into it, but had no idea what was going on. And uh, I actually didn't really become a fan until a couple years later. I got to meet Steve McNair. He lived actually down the street from me near Fieldstone Farms in Franklin. And uh, he was injured at the time and gave me free tickets to the Lions-Titans game where Billy Volick was playing quarterback. And I fell in love, enjoyed the game. They did the Eddie chant, had a ton of fun. And in 2008, I became a season ticket holder. And then in uh, 2000. 13 I started the uh, two-term blue nation group and it's it's a cool group. There's uh, people from 19 different countries um, We've got members from everywhere from Australia to the UK to Ireland to France uh, I think we have a couple Middle Eastern members uh, it's, it's just a really awesome awesome group So Lucas my story of becoming a Titans fan is I'm from here and they moved here and now I'm a Titans fan yours is I didn't know anything about football. I met Steve McNair, and now I've been a season ticket holder for 11 years. That's incredible. <laughs> Sounds like a dream. <laughs> it's been it's been fun. Well, the Titans are, are lucky to have you as a fan. You're one of the more well-known Titans fans because of Titans, Two-Tone Blue Nation. Uh, guys, if you, if you haven't checked it out, it's what's great about Facebook without what's terrible about Facebook. Lucas and the other dozen administrators – Keep the riffraff, keep the advertising, keep anything off. It's for the true Titans fan. And so is y'all's uh, experience on Sunday tailgating. Uh, tell us a, about how that got started. Um, so when we started the group, we wanted a way to connect everyone to where uh, we could have a fan-run, uh, awesome tailgate experience for the for the true Titans fan. And uh, our first tailgates had anywhere from 10 to 30 people, and they weren't that big. But over the last few years, as the group's grown to a few thousand members, uh, the, the tailgates have, have really taken off. We've got eight or nine people helping participate. We've got sometimes anywhere from two to 300 people there. Uh, we have TVs. We have music. It's just I really wanted to bring that great game day experience back uh, to Nissan Stadium because if you go to Preds games or you go anywhere else in Nashville, it's always a party. So I feel, feel like it's uh, – it's good to really bring that experience back to the Titans as well. Oh, yeah, and I've seen you guys throw down on Sundays. You you do it like no other, and, you know, you got a good point there, too. I feel like a lot of our fan base, you know, they get all hyped for, for the Preds, and, you know, every, you know, the, the people are lukewarm about the Titans. We need to kind of to increase that and get people excited about this team because, you know, I love them, you guys love them. You know, we need to be all in. Yeah, you can be a Preds fan and a Titans fan at the same time. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. <laughs> So let's get to it. As far as this group, I know John and I are super excited about the draft. Just five years ago, I would have I wouldn't have believed either one of you if you'd have told me we're we hosting the draft. Now it's here. Uh, this this town people just I now understand what's great about this town. But we're hosting one of the great cultural events in world sports. Lucas, do you have anything big planned for the draft? Uh, yeah, we're going to have something we'll post on our group. I think uh, for the first round, after the uh, draft, the first round is completed, we're going to be meeting at one of the local uh, bars. Um, I think we've got about 20 or 30 people that have hit me up recently asking where, where they can all meet up. And a lot of people want to get group patches. So 
we're we're going to pick somewhere, probably somewhere a little off Broadway, because I imagine there's going to be hundreds of thousands of people downtown. It's going to be unreal. John and I went to Philadelphia in 2017 for the draft, and there are just people absolutely everywhere. And that first night is electric, and I, I think we're going to bring an even better feel to the draft that night. But I, I think we'll have the same amount or more people than I think the draft has ever seen. I, I think we're the smallest city to host, but I think it's going to be the biggest night and weekend for this event in its history. I, I really believe that. We're going to do country music, have stages. It's just going to be – this town re- reimagines a party, I think, better than, than any city. W- what sort of expectations do the, both of you guys have for that weekend? You go, go ahead, ahead, mate. <laughs> well, I was going to say, you know, it's going to be much more of a par- – I think it's going to be much more of a party feel than it was in Philadelphia. I think it's also going to be interesting that this is the first time the draft has been broadcasted by a couple different networks. So I think everybody will put their own little spin on it. But, um, I mean, just, you know, like you said, talking about the Philadelphia draft – Thinking back to it, it wasn't really in a spot where people normally flock to. It was down by the art art museum, and you know it's a decent walk. It's not really near downtown. I mean, I think for our draft being right downtown, right near the bars, right against the river, and you know with the walking bridge over to the stadium, I think it's going to be electric. Probably, <clears throat> I'm going to be down there starting. You know, Nathan, I know you and I were both going to be there Wednesday morning. Wednesday Wednesday morning. <laughs> You know, going all the way through. So I, I really don't think it will stop. I think it will be absolute party the whole time. And, you know, obviously a bunch of diehard football fans. And I think Nashville is a really, well, you know, one of the more welcoming cities. So, I mean, you know, we're not going to be rude or crazy or at least, you know, rude or crazy to any opposing fans of other no. teams where sporting their jerseys. You know, everybody who's a fan of every team come out. That's you know, what's made this town time. great is the hospitality, and I think we're going to see that in spades this weekend. You make a great point about it all being downtown. John Clayton, who I respect a lot, had a conversation with Jim White at the owners' meetings, and he said exactly that. It's going to all be within walking distance in one of the greatest downtowns in this country, and I think that's going to be the, the big difference. It's going to be a blast. What do you think, Lucas, and what are your expectations for the weekend? Oh, I think it's going to be a wild party. Um, I, uh, I've traveled all over the United States, almost every state actually, and uh, there's not many cities like Nashville where everything's walkable, it's so centralized. So to have the draft dead center in the middle of downtown Nashville with the stadiums, the, um, the bars, and also there's a big possibility that the Preds will be making a Stanley Cup run then as well. So the city's going to be electric, and I'm ready for it. Yeah, that's an excellent point. We have no idea what else is going to be going down. We know that Jimmy Buffett's there Saturday night. We know we've got so many different things happening because it's just Nashville on a weekend. But I think the the city's ready for it. But who knows what else might be going on? The Music City Marathon will be that weekend. Right. A lot of stuff going on downtown Nashville. Let me ask you guys this. What's keeping this team from being a a contender in in the 2019 season? If it were one or two things, Lucas, what, what do you think this team needs to add? Uh, if I could change two parts of this team, one is explosion. Our our offense really seems to be lacking explosion. I think uh, Corey Davis took another step last year, and then also Derrick Henry had a fantastic last five, six or seven games. Mm-hmm. But um, explosion, we really need that explosive, explosive, dynamic player. And then also interior offensive line. Our interior offensive line was really bad last year. Yeah. I believe Mariota got hit more times last year than he did his rookie year 
And that was part of the reason why Wiz was fired was because Mariota was getting hit so often. There's no question. So it's it's we've got to protect the quarterback. So that's actually probably need one is to protect the quarterback and then two add explosion to the offense. That's that's really well said. And I think the average NFL or Titans fan does not have an appreciation. John and I talk about this on this podcast a lot for how bad the interior offensive line play was last season. John, what, what do you think? What, what's keeping this team from the next level? Well, I agree a lot um, with what Lucas said. Uh, we do need a lot of it. We, we do lack a lot of explosion. Part of me, I hated the thought of Antonio Brown coming to Nashville. Then another part of me was like, you know what? If we got him on this team – him, Corey Davis, Derrick Henry, you know, it might bring a little sizzle on the field. So part of me, you know, <laughs> part of, devil's advocate wanted wanted Antonio Brown here. But I think explosion's a huge, huge thing. Like Lucas said, and like we've talked about before, interior offensive line. We all know how I feel about Quentin Spain. Good riddance, buddy. Sorry. Go on to greener pastures or to Buffalo. I think I think he'll he'll do okay there, but... He's just a liability for our team, and it's no no wonder that Marcus has a thousand different injuries. But I think those are some big needs. I really think we need somebody who can consistently get to the opposing quarterback as well. I would love to have somebody who we can just automatically assume they're going to have double-digit sacks every year. Maybe it's Harold Landry, but he can't do it alone. So I definitely think we need a, need another edge rusher for the other side. I love the Cam Wake addition, but we need a, a younger guy who we can develop. And then I also think we need some interior defensive line. And, you know, it's funny. I, uh, my draft needs are always usually corner, 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 corner. I, I think we're okay at corner. I mean, That's how I don't deep think we can position. Ever, without a doubt. I mean, I'll never, I'll never be against bringing in some competition in that group, but I think we're okay at corner. I really just think we need to do offensive line. We need a big playmaker. And we need uh, some help with an edge rusher. Lucas, which of the Titans' uh, recent free agent signings do you think is going to have the biggest impact in 2019? Oh, without a doubt, it's uh, Roger uh, Safford. Yeah. He is—he's an absolute monster. He's everything we wanted Walmack to be. He's a guy that exactly. literally just rips holes. And opposing teams' defensive lines, he'll he'll not only take out the defensive lineman, he'll go out and take out the linebacker, the safety, the corner. He is an absolute monster, and I'm really excited to see him next to next to Lawan because Derrick Henry last year was touched more than any other running back behind the line of scrimmage, and now he's actually going to have space. It's scary. You know, you're a next level fan when you celebrate the the, <laughs> the guard signing, and we did. We we sell, we wanted to throw a parade for that because. We, we, we watched the Rams play. The guy is a bruiser. He's exactly what we needed. He's what we wanted. And uh, I couldn't agree with more. Of And I'm really excited about Adam Humphreys. He he fits a big-time need. But Roger Saffold is is a perfect fit for us. Yeah, agree. Yeah, especially with him replacing Klein, who uh, you're talking about Spain earlier. I also had a big problem with Klein and the amount of pressures he allowed. Yeah, oh, without it, a doubt. Yeah, it, it was ugly on our interior, I think, down the line there. I think Ben Jones can use replacing too, but I think he gets magnified by the poor interior line play. So I'd be curious to see if his play improves with some better guard play, but he definitely definitely did not light the world on fire. He's mediocre to me. He's an average. He's not the weakest link in the interior offensive line, but he just doesn't do anything spectacular. You don't see him taking out two or three guys at once. He's he's just average. 
part of the reason why the Texans let him go was he just he wasn't a special athlete. Right. Yep. Lucas, um, you've done a lot of background on this year's draft. If anybody follows Titans Two Tone Blue Nation Facebook group, uh, you send you send out a lot of really good information. I know you're a big fan of Pro Football Focus, but we all have our kind of our dream pick. Not somebody. Let, let me put it like this. If you could have anybody at 19 that could reasonably be there at 19, of all the research you've done, who who's your guy you're praying for? Now that's a and that's a really tough question. There's I, I feel like this draft is probably one of the deeper drafts in recent years. I'm a huge huge fan of upgrading the uh, the interior offensive line, and uh, there's um there's a couple of guys that I've been interested in, but uh, Bradbury, I'm a huge fan of his. I just think he's a fantastic center. Um, he gets to the next level, and if you can imagine this, Bradford, Lawan, and Safford all on the left side of the offensive line blocking for Derrick Henry, I just I, I think we'd be unstoppable. Yeah, his tape is excellent, and he is a he's a tight end type player because he's tough. He went came to North Carolina State as a tight end five years ago. It, it's unusual for a center to go at 19, but if we do pick him, I'm going to feel like Jay Robertley did his homework, and I'm going to be pumped because, like you just said, you know, three premium guys on that side. John, what, what do you think about Bradbury at 19? I think he's a good pick. Uh, you know, I think he's a really polished player. Um, you know, playing at NC, NC State is no, uh, you know, no walk in the park. They play some serious competition, so I think, he, and, you know, like you said, the tape he puts on, you know, <laughs> He's everything. He, he's everything you want in, a, in a, an interior offensive lineman. He can also play stuff. God. Yep. I mean, he can I, play yeah. it all. Oh yeah, I'll never. I will never. You know, it's not a sexy pick, but I will never ever hate when we go offensive line with a with a top pick. Lucas, let me ask you about the guy that's that I'm hoping for. And uh, there was a long time I didn't think this guy would make it to 19, but the more I read, more I see. I still don't really believe it, but I think there is a shot. I like Dexter Lawrence, the 342-pound defensive tackle from Clemson. In watching tape on him, and what do you think about Dexter Lawrence? And do you think we have any shot of seeing him at 19? I would be shocked. I would take him over my pick any day. He's a freak. He demands double teams, putting him next to Casey. We talked about how we need an edge rusher. and I do believe that we do need an edge rusher, but I think that uh, if we upgrade our interior defensive line, we had – Someone next to Jarrell Casey that can that can pressure the quarterback. You're gonna see you're gonna see our outside linebackers racking up sacks. Defensive line is so important because it's very difficult for a quarterback to react when the interior offensive line breaks apart. We all know that with what happened with Mariota, they can move into the pocket when an edge rusher is coming up, but when the the line collapses from the interior, it's very very difficult to make plays. Absolutely, when you see Super Bowl teams, unless they have an all time great quarterback, and sometimes when they do, like New England's pass rush that came from unconventional means, most of our Super Bowl winners in the last fifteen years have had an excellent pass rush from many angles, and I don't know why teams don't uh, pursue it more. The thing about Dexter Lawrence, you don't see it on mock drafts a lot, but a guy who weighs 342 pounds that really has the, the, the feet of a basketball player. I know he didn't generate a lot of pass rush per se, but that line was so dominant. I, I cannot believe that that guy would be around at 19, but but who knows? Big fellow, what do you think about Dexter Lawrence? Well, let me tell you, just I don't want to get you too excited, but in Daniel Jeremiah's m- most recent mock draft, they have him going at number 25. Really? 
I don't, I don't bother. I've been watching. Or, well, the he's the twenty. I, sorry, he's the twenty fifth ranked player. So I, I thought I was yeah. looking at a mock draft, but yeah, he's I, a twenty fifth ranked player. I, I've been um, watching the NFL draft closely since nineteen ninety three. I mean, like watching the entire draft since nineteen ninety three. And when a guy with that skill set and that size, they just don't grow on trees. Uh, I'll believe him at 19 or as the 25th best best player in this draft when it happens. Guys, uh, like we've talked about, Lucas, uh, you're like us. We 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 look at these guys year-round. We try to find uh, kind of sleeper picks and guys that would be good fits that aren't necessarily going in the first round. In your research, who who's some good sleeper guys you think look, would be perfect in two-tone blue? You guys really need to look into uh... – Matt Nelson uh, from Iowa. This guy's a freak. He's six foot eight, three hundred pounds, absolute monster. Puts a lot of pressure on the quarterback. I believe he played defensive end and he switched over to interior defensive line. Um, he's had some injury issues in college, but he, I feel like he's an absolute stud that should be available in the fourth or fifth round. The guys from Iowa, they come out, they know how to play. Oh and yeah. So whenever what, Big Ten guys, especially guys from Iowa, they come out, they just know how to play. Is there, is there somebody else? Yeah, um, you guys may know him. He's a certain uh, running back that came from uh, the University of Tennessee, and then he went over to Baylor and switched to wide receiver. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'd love to see that guy. Um, had a great year at uh, a Baylor for his you know, first season of wide receiver. You'd think yeah. it'd be he very difficult. Yeah, he was our leading receiver. He, he was. Yeah. And he's big. He's strong. He's uh, still working on his route running. But guess what? Two or three years from now? This guy could be an absolute all-star in the NFL. He is such a good, talented athlete yeah. that I feel like the sky's the limit for him. And most likely he's going to be there in the third or fourth round. So I, yeah. I'd take a flyer on him. Yeah, I, I think, think that's good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think people are kind of be nervous about drafting him. He had a pretty checkered pass, didn't he? No. Uh, nope. that, that got blown out of proportion at the end of his time at Tennessee that he wasn't a team player, that he'd ostracized the locker room. But come to find out, Butch Jones is nuts. And a lot of that was Butch Jones being mad at him for uh, thinking about leaving the team or whatever. Uh, Jalen Hurd has, has had good marks from a lot of folks from Beach High School, from University of Tennessee, and Baylor. This guy set out a year, and he's 23 years old. And uh, like Lucas said, uh, he could be there you know, in round three. And uh, this guy, he could be a, a perfect piece for the modern NFL. The right offensive coordinator is going to have this guy, you know, se- he's going to run seven or eight times, and this guy is going to get his route running down in a year or two for if whoever drafts him is patient. This guy could be a jack-of-all-trades, except most jack-of-all-trades are, are tiny guys, um, you know, uh, Danny Amendola types. This guy is huge. He's 6'3", and now he runs about 230. This guy still runs – I think if he was healthy, I think he would have run in that 4-4 range. The guy is an absolute beast. So I'm super pumped to see him, hopefully to see him here in Nashville. Yeah, I think Golden Tate, Percy Hovind, he could be one of those players. He put him at running back, put him at receiver, yeah. put him in the slot. You know, he could, he could play it all. And uh, he's just – he's a beautiful – want to call – he's a beautiful player. He's <laughs> six foot he four, 220 pounds. He got 946 yards receiving this year. Um, he's just, he's just fun to watch. And honestly, I think he'd be a matchup nightmare for some teams. So big, big fan of his. Another guy you guys should look out for is, uh, uh, Justin Hollins. He's from Oregon, freak athlete, big guy. I think he's like six, five or six, six, 250 pounds. Um, had a huge wingspan, I believe 79 and a half inches. And he got six and a half sacks this year and five forced fumbles. But, um, 
checking out his uh, pro football focus, he was the highest graded player in the Pac-12. Just an absolute freak of an athlete and should probably be available in the middle of the draft. It's amazing there's so many of these guys. You can't get your head around all of them. There's always, every year, guys that go third round, fourth round, even undrafted, that it's like, how did the entire NFL miss these guys? But I've seen this guy when I was watching Justin Herbert play at Oregon last year. Oregon has some great athletes there, and he, he would definitely be a really high upside guy for the Titans at, at, at a position of need. Honestly, because uh, we're not going to be able to, to tackle these three positions of need in obviously the first or second round. So we're going to have to we're going to have to push one of these positions off and in my mind it's probably going to be wide receiver as much as I want to see more explosion on this team. I feel like addressing offensive line and defensive line just seem more like what JR is JR's mindset is attacking the uh, I guess you'd call it the cornbread players in the draft. Yeah, and even even after the draft I still don't think J-Rob is done. I think he he can still do something. I just yeah, I, I would agree a hundred percent. I think receiver is gonna be a need that we put on the pack on the back burner. Well, we saw our lack of depth at receiver last year. I think especially like last year when we had a lot of key drops by undrafted free agents, I kept thinking that is the downside to trading up in the draft. That fourth round pick could have been a guy that could have caught that pass. And I, I love the guys we got. Oh. Yeah, but that made me think, and mm. I don't think they'll make that mistake again. Hopefully, like you said, we maybe we'll we'll do our scouting, do our homework, and we'll find a guy after maybe the first two days that that could come in and and at least provide depth for us at receiver. Uh, guys, we're going to wrap up. This has been great. Again, it's Titans two two tone blue nation. It's Lucas Watson. You are definitely our favorite fan besides ourselves, Lucas. So thanks for coming on with us. <laughs> thanks for having me, guys. All right, yeah, we'll, man, we'll see you at the draft. Tighten up.